millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Philippine Constitution guarantees press freedom and free expression. But as we are constantly reminded, not even those fundamental freedoms are absolute. Libel, for example, is not protected speech. And in the digital age, where, as we say, the internet never forgets libeling someone online, what our statutes now refer to as cyber libel, actually carries a higher penalty. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako po si Robbie Alampay. And suddenly, Filipinos are taking on all these terms. Press freedom, free expression, libel, cyber libel, and let's not forget the Constitution. And all the attendant debates over private citizens, public figures, public interest, and yes, politics. All because Maria Reza, CEO of Rappler, and one of her former researchers have been convicted of libel, of cyber libel. How does this decision affect our appreciation of the law, the Constitution, and how, if at all, will they impact on our rights as Filipinos? Kinausap natin one of the leading and most patient legal analysts in the Philippine media to understand the principles and theories at play here, from a legal context as well as in the context of political realities. I'm uh, Attorney Mel Santa Maria. I'm the Dean of the Far Eastern University Institute of Law. Attorney Mel also teaches in other schools. He also hosts his own legal show on YouTube as well as Relacion on Radio Cinco 92.3. So a quick recap of why we're all here. Maria Reza and Ray Santos Jr., a former researcher of Rappler, have been convicted of cyber libel. Their case stems from the complaint of Mr. William King, a businessman. In 2012, at the height of the impeachment trial of then-Supreme Court Chief Justice Renato Corona, a Rappler article tagged King as someone associated with Corona, that Corona was using a vehicle registered to one William King. Nothing inherently bad there, nothing defamatory at all. But Rappler then quotes an unspecified government intelligence report and previous media items which they said tied gang to, among other things, illegal drugs, kidnapping, human trafficking. Gang says he tried immediately and over years to have Rappler take down the story or at least let him air his side, his denial, and even government certifications that he has never been charged for any of the crimes imputed to his name. He says Rappler never accommodated him, and so in 2017, he sued. Maria Reza and Ray Santos were convicted of libel, or to be precise, cyber libel. Libel or cyber libel? 
What's the difference? Let's start with that. Attorney Mel takes us back to 2012, when lawyers challenged the constitutionality of a new proposed cybercrime prevention law. The cyber libel provisions there were among the problematic questions being raised by rights advocates and legal experts. But Attorney Mel says it's important to start this discussion on libel and cyber libel with this one insight that emerged from there. Claro, sabi ng Korte Suprema, hindi palibagong krimen to. Walang ginagawang bagong krimen. In fact, here is then-Solicitor General Francis Hardelesa in 2012 addressing the Supreme Court and essentially assuring the public with the very point Attorney Mel is making. Your Honor, Section 6 does not change the nature of the crime as to create another offense. ICT is merely used as a qualifying offense or as a qualifying circumstance of the same offense. And we finally add, Your Honor, the prescriptive period for the crime of libel remains to be one year under Republic. Now keep those thoughts in mind and keep those words in mind. Attorney Mel says what you take out of Hardelesa's presentation before the Supreme Court is that the Supreme Court and the Solicitor General, government's top lawyer, they were both saying, let's not get confused by libel and cyber libel. When Hardelesa says the prescription for cyber libel is one year, and we will explain prescription later, he is just making the point that the crime is essentially the same. Now, if cyber libel is the same as libel, okay, Attorney Mel, ano ang libel? Ang libelo ay isang pangmadla at malisyosong pagbibintang ng isang krimen o ng isang bisyo o kapintasan, tunay o kinatalamang. From Article 353 of the Revised Penal Code, libel is, quote, a public and malicious imputation of a crime or of a vice or defect, real or imaginary, or any act, omission, condition, status, or circumstance, any of these things, which tend to cause dishonor, discredit, or contempt of a natural or juridical person or to blacken the memory of one who is dead. Yan ang libel. So let's break that down. First element, kailangan whether ika nga real or imaginary. Totoo man o hindi, ang libel kailangan medyo nakakasira ng reputasyon mo. Tama, nangahaba ka, nagsisira ka, uh, talagang oh. negatibo ang iyong sinasabi. Halimbawa, tinawag mo akong pogi, hindi naman ako pogi. Hindi ka katotohanan yung sinabi mo, Atty. Mel. Pero hindi naman nakakasira sa pagkatao ko yun. Hindi libel yun. Hindi libelo yun. Pero real or imaginary, so you're saying na kahit totoo, pwedeng maging libelous. Minsan, depende sa circumstances, ang totoo pwedeng maging libelo. For example, isang tao, pilay. Totoo naman siyang mm. pilay. Tapos mm. pinagsusulat mo sa isang periodiko, itong taong pilay na to, paika-ika, patakbo-takbo pa, wala naman, hindi naman marunong tumakbo, pwede rin maging libelo yon. So kahit na totoo, hinahamak mo siya. Ngayon, you also mentioned sinulat mo. That's the next element of libel. Na kailangan, it has to be 
published in some form, whether it's by print or broadcast, it's not enough na binigkas lang. Oo. Ang ibig sabihin naman ng publication sa libelo, merong isang nakabasa bukod sa iyo. Alimbawa ganito, hinamak mong isang tao sa isang sulat, hindi ka talaga marunong. Ikaw lang ang nakabasa, walang libelo doon. Kasi ang batayan ng iyong reputasyon, hindi ang iyong sarili. So ang tinitignan natin kung ano ang naiisip ng iba. Kaya ang pinakamakahalaga sa publikasyon ay may nakabasa. Basta uh, mayroong isang taong nakabasa at ang perception niya yun ng taong nakabasa, eh yun nga, ay nako, ganun pala itong taong ito. Ay, medyo masama itong taong to. So you make public a negative thought that will tend to tarnish someone's reputation. So far, we can follow those elements. But the next element of libel becomes a little more nebulous. The next element, it's not enough that you make an imputation of a crime, vice, or defect, and it's not even enough for it to have been made public. The legal definition of libel says it must be public and malicious. How do we say something is uttered or said or published with malice? Napahaba ang usapan dito. But basically, Attorney Mel gives us a crash course on malice, a word that legal luminaries have long said is perhaps the hardest word to define. Basta't nag, nagsabi ka na sa masamang tao at pinablish mo, yung masamang sinabi mo, presume na ang malice in law. Presume na yun. In fact, Attorney Mel gives us a crash course on two levels, two kinds of malice. Malice in law and malice in fact. I hope I am not misrepresenting Attorney Mel here. All mistakes are mine. But sa pagkakaintindi ko, ganito. It's hard to avoid circular definitions. Malice is malice. But for purposes of proving libel in court, we need to appreciate malice in two ways. There's malice in law, and there is malice in fact. The first distinction does not have to do with definition, but with application. Now, keep this in mind. For private individuals, most of you, malice in law is the only thing you have to keep in mind should you ever have occasion to sue someone for libel. For public persons, they would need the trickier matter of malice in fact. Malice in law, private individuals. Malice in fact, public persons. For now, let's go now to the difference in definition. Malice in law, or what is sometimes called legal malice, is basically, well, yun na yun. Yung obvious naman, di ba? Tinawag kang rapist, pedophile, magnanakaw, murderer, drug pusher, banyak, hunghang. You do not even need to prove the motive. There is malice in law inherent in the simple act of you having been called any of these things. At wala akong pake kung anong rason mo for calling me such vile things. The court will not care. Bakit mo naman sinabi yun? When you say these negative things against someone, malice in law is presumed. Kasi ang mga katagang nakasulat, pangit na. So ang pagpapalagay, eh talagang sinadya mo yung pagkapangit na yun. Sa malice in fact, also called actual malice, the court can take the same words and appreciate how terrible they are and how they can damage one's reputation. But malice, in fact, will take the extra step of asking, 
Bad yung sinabi tungkol sa'yo. Pero teka, bakit niya naman sinabi yun? Baka naman may point. Baka may konteksto. Baka, to make the most important question, baka naman dahil public person ka. Or even if you were not a public person, baka may public interest. Which is why, in malice in fact, you have to convince a judge. Kaya, kung sinabi mo sa isang gobernador, sa isang nakasulat, ha? Ah, okay, may balibalita na illegal ladder ka. Correct, diba? Ito ang nasuyod ko sa mga impormasyon na nakuha ko sa ganitong mga tao. Illegal ladder, masama na yun, diba? Kaya lang, sapagkat pang publikong tao siya, dapat pakita mo yung nagsalita doon, merong reckless disregard of the truth. Talagang, eh, alam mo namang maling-mali yan, alam mo naman, na-verify mo yan, talagang reckless disregard of the truth, simulat mo pa. You have to convince a judge that there is no public interest here. Hindi po, walang saisay, walang pakialamang madla dito. There is no public interest. Which brings us back to our first point. Malice in law, the one where you need not prove motive, it applies only when complainants are private persons. For public persons, or for matters where there is proven public interest, you have to go to court and convince a judge that the words were not only libelous, they were intended to libel, for no public interest and no public motive, and with absolutely no regard for truth. As lawyers say, and as jurisprudence says, with reckless disregard for truth. Kung hindi mo mapuprove yung actual malice sa isang pampublikong uh, tao, dismiss ang case. Why the difference in standards? Kasi public figure siya. Kaya kung may nire-representa ka sa madla, basta pinuna ka o kaya eh, binatikos ka, sabi nga ng Korte Suprema, Huwag kayong balat sa buyas sapagkat nire-representan nyo ang isang imahe na talagang makikitaan kayo kahit na butil ng isang pagkakamali at teisin nyo yun. Huwag kayong balat si buyas. A public official must realize that criticism comes with territory. And on the other side of that, a public person, not just officials, but even regular persons who, depending on context, could at certain moments be imbued with public interest. Think celebrities whose words and actions influence public minds, or as news persons often argue, even private personalities who deal with public figures or from time to time get dragged into public interest matters. Everyone must understand that it is in fact the job, even the role of a free press in a democracy, to inquire, expose, criticize, and even be adversarial. Yan nga ang sinabi ng New York versus Sullivan. Sa isang demokrasya, napaka-importante ng isang press. Kasi kung ang iyong batayan ng balita ay eh, puro government na lang, eh palagod yan, di ba? Sabi nga, your reporting must be free, must be robust, even caustic at times, masakit. Pero talagang ganyan ang demokrasya. Kayong mga politiko o public figure, titiisin nyo sapagkat sabi rin ng ating Korte Suprema, you are the property of the public. The general default mode is freedom of speech. May hangganan 
ang bananalita. Kaya lang, basta pagdating mo sa politiko, then it becomes uh, parang tricky. Kasi nga eh, ang layunin mo mas malaki pa sa gusto mong uh, ipahiwatig sa madla. Yung pagtataguyod ng isang talagang working system of check and balance. Libel laws in the Philippines go as far back as the Spanish colonial period. It was introduced in the Spanish Código Penal, indeed, as an instrument to suppress criticism and insults against government. This was later reinforced by the 1932 Revised Penal Code during the American occupation. And libel has been throughout, been officially, legally defined as a crime. Punishable, therefore, not just with fines, but with imprisonment. In recent decades, there has been a growing and global movement to decriminalize libel. Nobody will argue that libel should not exist. In democracies, however, the emerging thinking is that imprisonment is overkill. Because think about it. If you sue for libel as a private citizen, your agenda is not just punishment but to recover, protect, and preserve your good name. A civil finding in your favor will already achieve all of that. You can punish the one who made a libelous statement by making them pay a fine and damages, and you will have cleared your name. What effect would imprisonment then have, free speech advocates ask, other than beyond incarcerating you, sending a chilling message to journalists and the free press. Several bills have been filed in Congress to remove imprisonment as a penalty for libel. So compelling is that argument, and so undeniable is the trend for decriminalizing defamation worldwide, that in 2008, the Philippine Supreme Court released Administrative Circular Number 8 advising all courts and judges to only impose a fine. Ito sabi ng Supreme Court, ha? freedom of expression as well as freedom of the press may not be unrestrained, but neither must it be reined in too harshly. In light of this, considering the necessity of a free press balanced with the necessity of a responsible press, the penalty of fine should suffice. Which brings us back to Sol Jen Hardelesa in 2012. Hardelesa pointed out, in fact, that ever since 2008, Philippine courts have followed that sage guidance from the Supreme Court. Here's Hardelesa again. Your Honors, we call attention to your circular 0808, urging trial judges to impose the penalty of fine rather than imprisonment. As this honorable court in all its decisions after circular 0808, this honorable court only imposed fines, not imprisonment. That is until 2020 with a judgment against Maria Reza and Reynaldo Santos Jr. in one of the very rare and now outlying cases since 2008. A lower court has sentenced a journalist to prison. Against the Supreme Court's guidance in 2008, Reza and Santos now face a minimum of six months and a maximum of six years in prison. What was so different about this case that Judge Reynelda Estacio Montesa 
would feel compelled to ignore the Supreme Court's own pleading and encouragement for restraint. Suffice it to say that Raptor denied everything that follows. But in the end, Judge Montesa said, 1. The article in question was in fact defamatory to Mr. King. Rappler's story cited intelligence and media reports tying Mr. King to kidnapping, murder, drug trafficking, and so on. Second, court agreed that King is a private individual, so he did not even need to prove malice. The judge did not take Rappler's argument that in mentioning Mr. Keng in the context of an ongoing impeachment case against a sitting Supreme Court justice, that was not enough to imbue Mr. Keng with public interest. Third, the judge decided that Reza as executive editor and Santos as researcher had reckless disregard for truth. The judge said Rappler failed to get Keng's side and to publish it. It noted that King repeatedly tried to ask Rappler to get his side. It noted that Rappler actually interviewed King, actually wrote a story, and yet Rappler did not publish that story. Rappler said they did not publish the story because in the course of daily and special coverages ongoing at the time, editorial prerogatives simply prevented them from finally getting to publishing that story. Rappler also said they needed to vet every single thing that Mr. Keng had offered, including government certifications from PDEA, for example, that Keng was not in fact charged with any of the drug-related crimes imputed in the story. And finally, the judge said, and this was a key question she needed to settle, Keng had every right to sue under the Cybercrime Act of 2012. This final point is a key point because this is where the debate over this case blurs the line between law and politics in the Philippines. And here we round back to how we started this discussion. Remember the first assertion by Attorney Mel, quoting the Supreme Court and the Solicitor General, the one where they say, Libel and cyber libel, same thing? Attorney Mel refreshes our memory. Ito sinabi ng Korte Suprema. Cyber libel, libel is actually not a new crime. Hindi gumagawa ng panibagong krimen. E kung walang ginagawang pagong krimen, e ano dapat ang prescriptive period? Dito sa dating criminal law, which is one year. Kasi walang ginagawang pagong krimen. This is why, again, Hardiles and we finally told Honor, the Supreme Court the prescriptive period for the crime of libel remains to be one year under Republic Act 4661, despite... Okay, so now we zoom out from the case. We zoom out now from everything we understand about libel and cyber libel and even the facts of the case. Because to understand all the controversy around King's case against Rappler, you have to go beyond the judgment. You have to go back to the charge because it is not just the ending of the trial that was in question, but the very beginning. Forget everything you now know about the case and the judgment. 
and forget now most everything Attorney Mel has taught us about libel. Focus now on Rappler's and Press Advocates' argument from the very start that King should not have even had the right to even sue Rappler. Not anymore. You see, every law for every common crime has what is called, and we promised we will get back to this point, has what is called a period of prescription. Basically, my time limit. For the worst crimes with the highest possible penalty, such as life imprisonment, the period of prescription is 20 years. Some less grave crimes prescribe in 15 years, some 10 years, lighter crimes prescribe in 5 years. Under the revised penal code, the prescription for libel is 1 year. The cyber libel case stemmed from an article published in May 2012. Problem for King and question for the DOJ. The cyber libel law did not exist in May 2012. The law was only passed in September 2012, four months after the publication. A legal team within the National Bureau of Investigation, which operates under the Department of Justice, in fact said Keng's complaint should have been dismissed outright. Exactly what Rappler was saying. This was a legal opinion from a legal unit of the NBI. They agreed with Rappler. Precisely, they said this would have been unconstitutional because it would have been a retroactive application of the law. Keng's lawyers then argued that Rappler edited the article, updating it, and thereby, they said, supposedly republishing the article in February 2014. This would have put the publication date two years after the passage of the law on cyber libel. But there remained a legal problem for King. Even assuming that their case now comes after the passage of the cyber libel law, it still would not have passed the prescription period, one year for libel. Because businessman King, he sued for libel in 2017, five years after the original publication, three years after the corrected, updated story, and in any case, well beyond the one-year prescription for libel. Hindi ko kilala yan si Teng, frankly. I do not know him. What prompted him to file a case? I've been mayor for so many years. It would be impossible to ignore a simple, controversial, and yet undisputed truth that President Duterte has long had it in for Maria Reza. 100% media Filipino. Rappler. And that is the chapter in the story that has not to do just with the courts, but with government. When the DOJ allows a case to push ahead, setting aside a contradictory recommendation from lawyers of the NBI, that, they charge, is as much a legal theory as a political move. The DOJ and its public prosecutors, moreover, were gatekeepers to the judiciary. It was their theory that allowed Keng's lawyers to hurdle the Supreme Court's own standards for prescription, the Constitution's prohibition against retroactive application of new laws. 
And this is where Judge Montesa diverged from what Attorney Mel says is a logical reading of what the Supreme Court and government's official counsel had laid down, that libel and cyber libel are essentially the same crime. And because it is the same, the Solicitor General had assured critics and the Supreme Court that the period of prescription is the same. Judge Montesa had a patently opposite take. Ang ginawa niya, ang premise niya, ang libelo sa cybercrime at ang libelo sa ordinary libelo ay magkaiba. That is crucial because that is what allowed her to argue that the one-year prescription for libel is not necessarily the prescription for cyber libel. Do sa ordinary libel, one year. Do sa palibagong krimen, etong sabi niya, an offense separate and distinct from the ordinary libel, dito sa cybercrime law, walang nakaligay. Which then still begs the question, assuming that Judge Montesa is correct, what should be the prescription? Ano yung time limit? Kung hindi isang taon, ano yung time limit para pwede ka maghabla under cyber libel? The new law, unfortunately, does not say anything. It is silent on the matter of prescription. Ang sinabi niya, since wala, wala sa cybercrime law expressly na nakaligay kung ano yung taning, merong isang batas na malayo noong 1924 na nagsasabi na kung walang taning niligay ang isang particular na batas, lalong-lalo na sa penal code, ang gagawin mo ay 12 years. So she falls back on a 1924 law. So in short, whether, tama ka, that papasok yung importante ng 12 years eh. So whether it is 2012 or 2014, pasok sa 2017. Atorni Mel Santa Maria. When you find yourself debating with friends, whether or not this was a just decision or whether or not this was an attack on the press, most likely... Both of you are arguing from two different levels. When you look at the case, the arguments presented by both sides, and the final decision of the judge, you are trying to appreciate the merits of the case. But critics of the case itself say it's important to appreciate the journey of the trial before the facts of the case were heard, how it even got to court. One of you is probably arguing on the level of whether or not King was a private individual. The other one of you is probably arguing on a higher level, arguing on the level of the Constitution, on rule of law, and probably arguing on the level of politics. Maria Reza and Reynaldo Santos are expected to appeal Knowing how judicial proceedings go in the Philippines, this matter could go all the way to the Supreme Court, and that could take years. In the meantime, Reza and Santos are out on bail. Government maintains that this case is between Rappler and private citizen King. For now, however, the decision stands. Whether you believe it just or political or unconstitutional, the decision stands until it is overturned. Ako po si Robby Alampay, Puma Podcast. Please follow Puma Podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This Explainer was produced by Kat Ventura. It was edited by Mark Casillan. Maraming salamat po. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.